0: Cocaine-addicted rats, for example, will opt instead for sugar water in lieu of the cocaine. That's how strong of an addictive uh, pull sugar has. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast,
1: your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey everybody, welcome back to the What Up Doc University podcast. This is Dr. Mike coming back with you with another great episode with a special guest today. It's Dr. Lori Shimmick. Dr. Lori is a nutrition and weight loss expert, a best-selling author, and she specializes in weight loss resistance, as a lot of people always shout out to me, Doc, I just can't seem to lose the weight. Um she shows people how to spot these sneaky foods that create waking. We all know that there's these sneaky foods to kick the sugar addiction to the curb and shift from eating the wrong foods to the exact foods that burn fat. She's been featured on uh, Huffington post uh, al- um, alongside dr oz and um and she's a contributor to Fox News as a health expert on the ABC Today show and Good Morning, Texas. She's also the author of a book called. Fat inflammation, the best-selling author of fire up your fat burn and a leading authority on inflammation and its role in weight loss preventing disease and optimizing health and we all know how important a role inflammation plays in the disease process so we'd like to welcome dr laurie to the show dr laurie welcome
0: well thank you very much for that it's nice to be here and an honor Oh so thank you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule oh, to share so nice. share with us about your story, about your uh your knowledge and helping the world become a better place. Um Thank you. Let's 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 start with a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Well, it it all goes back as they
0: all do to when I was a child. And I was raised by a single mother. And I have two younger brothers. And my mother was, uh, most of the memories, in fact, I have of my mother, of, are of her mostly ill with one thing or another, constantly. And my mother's um, health deteriorated as, as I grew. And um, so most of the care of my two brothers was left to me. So I remember, you know, my mother smoking constantly. She smoked uh, over a pack and a half of cigarettes a day. She was very overweight. She was, uh, as you can imagine, very stressed because she was the sole caretaker of three young children. And with no husband, no family support, she was essentially on her own with little money. So my mother's diet was terrible. She didn't take care of herself and she was ill. So. As her health continued to dwindle, one day I saw that, I walked into her room and I saw sitting on her dresser was a bottle of vitamins. And I was ecstatic because I thought here she is, she's finally going to take care of her health. And as a little girl, I was just, I just was very happy because that meant we were gonna have our mother back. And uh, unfortunately, and sad to say, that bottle just sat there collecting dust However, every day I'd go in to check and she never touched it. And my, and even more sad is that my mother passed away at the very young age of 36 and she left behind three young children
1: oh with gosh. nowhere
0: to go. And it was at her memorial service that I decided that she didn't have to die. She could have made other choices. And I remember then thinking that I wanted to help people realize that they do have choice in life. And that really is what it all boils down to, is choice. It really is about the choices we make, the information that we get, and um, acting upon all of that. And so that is what I decided to do. So instead of nutrition which is where my love was later down the road I went into the helping profession of psychology so I became I became a counselor I helped I helped families uh, feel better and do better in life and make different choices and I learned very quickly that by because I was into nutrition that I would create these nutritional analysis for them and tell them exactly what they needed to be eating, where they were missing. And it was amazing to watch their mental health change for the better. Even their children's lives change for the better. So it is it became very apparent to me what I really needed to do was to combine the two, and that's exactly what I did. So um, that is where I am right now, helping people change their diet. Change their weight and create a better uh, outlook, if you will, in life. So, what
1: um, what do you see as far as the emotional ties to food that people ha- have, and and how do you help them make that change? Because I I know a lot of people, and, and this is what uh, you know I struggle with 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 patients in, in my practices. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make these changes. But there's this huge emotional attachment to food as, you know, as something that will help them. Um, and, and, you know, be, you know when we all know that, that there's this food addiction. But there's this emotional attachment to, you know, to letting go of something that they know themselves that's not helping mm-hmm. them. And so how do you, how do you get around that?
0: Well, it's interesting because uh, most people, um, like you mentioned, do understand what's going on for the most part, okay? Um, And this is why diets don't work. What you want to focus on instead is the foundation of creating weight loss and better health is to change your habits and your behaviors, okay? Doing one, changing your habits will change your behaviors. Changing your behavior behaviors consistently will then create habit. And so that's really in, important. Um, I always like to focus on triggers in people's lives. And I like to make sure that Um, they're very aware of what's going on. The research out there right now is uh, there's an abundance of it showing that mindfulness, which we all used to go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, we now know is critical to creating better health and especially weight loss. Okay. Mm -hmm. So triggers are an important component to emotional eating. Very important. And as, we all know we've been there, we've been bored, distracted, we want to, we just go searching for something just to alleviate the boredom say mm, and yes. it happens really easily. it happens so easily that many people um are munching away before they are even aware that they're bored or if they ever are aware or that they're angry or frustrated or sad even. Um, any type of emotion that you don't want to feel or even that even if you're happy does elicit some type of emotional eating for most people. So it's it's important to know that our brain really doesn't like to think. OK, so um, what it's it's just much easier for it to just go to the emotional area of the brain and not the executive um, portion of the brain. OK, which is the prefrontal cortex. And because we like things so easily, we're not aware. But once we become aware and we, we are consistent and mindful about this, about, well, yes, I am Um, sad. And yes, I am right now eating because I'm not very happy. That sets up an awareness. It sets up a a mindfulness. And then you get that executive action area of the brain working. Okay, So instead of reacting, you're creating an appropriate response. And this is what you want to do ahead of time is Start to figure out what type of response you're going to to create. So um, you want to know that you want to essentially plan ahead with a response um, when you start heading towards a kitchen.
1: So do you have them? Do you have them figure out their triggers ahead of time, and then, yes. and then figure out the response?
0: Absolutely, yes. That's that's exactly right. So once you figure out what your triggers are. And I actually talk about this in the book a little bit. Once you figure out what your triggers are, you uh, then are pretty much aware of what sets you off. And it can be food as well. You know, food can, certain foods can, I have my trigger foods as well. So what is my pre-planned attack on that is I don't keep it in the house. Uh ah, and in the same very goes simple. for right <laughs> the um so if something sad happens or something and you react to that or you're depressed and you know that um your comfort food is in the house you don't keep that there that's that's very
1: important mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. cuz I, I not a lot of people really realize that food can become like just as bad as a drug would you yes. agree
0: absolutely food in fact is a drug um, to a degree to a very large degree we can take sugar for example and and I'm sure you've heard this uh, these studies have they've been doing showing that uh, cocaine addicted rats for example will opt instead for sugar water in lieu of the cocaine mm-hmm. that's how strong of an addictive um pull sugar has. And not to mention it's, its ravaging effects on the body. So yes, food can be addictive. People are addicted to food. And to stop that addiction is, like, is, is exactly what you said, is to become aware of your trigger foods, practice mindfulness, which is essentially awareness consistently. And when you do that, you change your behavior. You're creating a habit that will change behavior and set up an automatic response in the future, so that you're not going to the food for comfort
1: or release. So, what what are some uh, responses that you know you you guide and coach people to do in, in making those changes? So, say like you know, a common one is turning towards chocolate or or mm-hmm. you know something like that. And saying, "Okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm taking it out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know my trigger. Uh, I know what I'm going to turn to. What do I do to replace it?
0: Well, I like to use uh, a couple techniques. One is an old one that people use to stop smoking, but it's very effective. And, and it essentially, if you say, for example, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden you." have a craving for something you snap a rubber band that's around your wrist mm-hmm. and it it's literally stops the craving for most people also at the same time you do that i have people get up and leave the environment where the craving started okay so if you're sitting there you're watching tv you get a craving for chips snap the rubber band walk into another room and do something that will distract you that is really important this confuses the brain a bit. So it stops that um, within a minute, the uh, craving for that food or whatever it is, whatever addictive component you have going on. And if you, once you do this and you're consistent with it, it will help stop this, uh, this uh, addictive cycle, if you will, this vicious cycle that happens. And emotional eating is unfortunately a sad situation for for a lot of people because for if they're eating or they're overeating certain foods, they feel bad about themselves. Mm. And it just it really does add more to what's going on. So they're eating, they're gaining weight, they're not feeling so good about themselves. I have clients that tell me um, they would eat and eat and eat, feel so bad about themselves, so guilty and their self-esteem plummeted. And yet they'd eat some more because they felt so bad. They just It's essentially like my mother did. She threw, threw her hands up in the air and she said, this is my lot in life. And this is, these are the cards I've been dealt. Instead of saying, okay, I deserve better than this. I deserve to have optimal health I deserve to be as lean as I choose to be, and uh, instead of succumbing to this vicious cycle,
1: so it's finding finding a purpose is what you're trying to say, right?
0: Right. Yeah. You want to you, essentially it's about making the choice and valuing yourself mm. when when don't throw the hands up in the air. Right. It's more about changing the mindset. That is that is really key. So you know, a lot of people don't know if they're hungry or they're emotionally hungry. Some people are, they've, they haven't learned yet to be so mindful or aware of their body cues. But once you start paying attention, you know, are, am I really hungry or am I just, am I bored? Or am I sad because my boss yelled at me or angry at my brother for something? And so what is a good key Uh, tip is to ask yourself if you'd eat raw broccoli right now. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And if the answer is no, then it means a myriad of different emotional things. Okay. That is something for you to become more conscious and mindful about and to figure out what is it that is you know, I don't I definitely don't want broccoli right now. Definitely. Not raw ro- broccoli, no. But uh so why do I want to distract myself with eating? What is it that's going on? And those are questions that are very important to answer because once you do that, you're on the road. You're on the road to better health, better weight loss and more.
1: So let's talk a little bit about about the book, Fat sure. Formation. Now, what you know, what are you what have you been finding as far as the role inflammation plays in obesity and other in these other chronic degenerative diseases
0: well for one it is the core cause of weight gain in inflamed fat cells okay okay so when you have inflamed fat cells they are like little factories we have about roughly 75 million of them and they're when they're healthy they are releasing stored fat. They're releasing fat the way it should be, not stored fat, but fat the way it should be to be used for energy. Okay. But when the fat cell is unhealthy, it is actually storing fat and not letting it go. Mm. And so when this happens, inflammatory, a very low level of inflammatory molecules are being emitted. And this circulates throughout the body and it sets up a metabolic reaction that causes um, a slowdown in the metabolism. And this means more weight is being packed into that fat cell, and um, it means, again, it means uh, more weight gain and inflammation. It becomes a vicious cycle, actually. So you can think of your fat cells as um, these little factories that are spewing out inflammatory molecules 24-7. And this is important because a lot of people are wondering, well, why, why do I feel so crummy? Hmm. You know, why do I, why do my joints hurt? Why? Because we have inflammation and this inflammation, low level uh, circulating throughout the body and uh, not, it's not any different than having low level inflammation set up somewhere else in the body, such as the arterial wall, for example. Mm. You'll have uh, an area on the wall of the artery that begins to emit low-level inflammation, eventually resulting in plaque. Well, uh, we have here with silent inflammation, again, this is is just like any other inflammatory reaction. It's an immune response in the body that um, is... Creating this weight gain and people, especially uh, belly fat. Belly fat emits a very high amount of these inflammatory molecules, and in fact, it's unfortunately one of the most stubborn areas for people as well. Right. Yeah. So it's very important to take care of your weight, take care of uh, the inflammation in your body. People, seventy-five percent. Of all people are walking around with low level inflammation and they don't even know it. So, um, a lot of resistant weight gain is tied up with um, liver health, okay, and gut health. And I write about both of those in my book, How to Fight Fat Flammation. So, your liver is your number one fat burning organ. Mm -hmm. And when it's not uh, doing its job effectively, when it's uh, being you uh, when you're, there's an, an enormous amount of sugar, one is ingesting, which most Americans do, um, you're glycating or caramelizing the tissue of the liver. So it's not detoxing the body the way it should be. And it's not doing its job at burning fat the way it should be. So when people tell me, they say, you know, I'm frustrated with my weight. I'm exercising an hour a day. I'm eating whole wheat bread. Doctor mm-hmm. Laurie, <laughs> and you know, not that they don't realize that a mm-hmm. lot of whole wheat bread out there has an enormous amount of sugar. Oh, in Oh, right? tons! Yeah, so um, it's the those things that um, really are important to note. Your gut health again is 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 very important as well, and weight loss.
1: It's interesting you talk about the the whole wheat bread thing and mm-hmm. about you know a lot of people. They have good intentions, right? And, and right. good intentions of, of becoming healthier. And we've seen that the nation has been on well f- for the past couple of decades, right? This fat-free diet. We want to be. We don't want to eat fat because we think it makes us fat. And now instead of eating the, the white bread, white wonder bread, we're eating the whole grain, you know, wheat bread. And and, and then people are, are finding out, hey, this isn't good for us either. And then people kind of just throw their hands up in the air, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. and say, "Look, I don't even know what's right." You know, there's so much conflicting information out there. What, what do you What do you advise people to do in that situation?
0: That's a very good point because many people are taking their cues from, say. Um, There are those out there that aren't credible in terms of the information they're spewing. So a lot of times they'll say, you know, okay, Wonder Bread is fine as long as it has whole wheat in it. Well, you know, a lot of that junk has a lot of sugar in it too. So it's very important if you are going to eat, let's just use bread for example, whole wheat, then it's important to make sure there isn't any sugar in that bread. But Two slices of whole wheat bread in the majority of cases can raise your blood sugar level by two tablespoons, like two tablespoons of sugar can do. And that is why I really stress that people look at what they're putting into their bodies. And that means they have to get familiar with what's inside these foods. And once you do that, once you start looking at labels, reading what's in them, it won't be very long before you are actually you just you won't have to pick it up and look. You'll pretty much know what's in that food, and that's where the fun begins. Unless it's a new food product, then you must look. But other than that, you're good to go, and it won't take much time for you to go shopping. I know there are people that I uh, run into that just love to look at labels anyway. Go figure, but they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's your what's your uh, what's your take on on fat free diets? I unfortunately uh feel so
0: bad for those that believe in them because they're they're not they're not creating optimal health <laughs> with them. And they just like you mentioned, they believe they're doing the right thing, but it's again, it's it's poor education. And that isn't their fault. In fact, there's a lot of things that have uh in terms of nutrition that are not one's fault. It is a large uh, the responsibility lies with the information that's being spewed by the media and things of that nature. Now, the the low fat craze, non fat, has cre- is actually part of what we're seeing in terms of the obesity and weight gain epidemic that we're seeing, and uh, that's because people, just like they count calories, they count fat grams, and it's not about the calories. It's not about the fat grams. It's about the quality of the food you're eating. So let's take mm-hmm. broccoli, for example. A 100-calorie candy bar is metabolized vastly different than 100 calories of broccoli. Okay? We all know that. We know broccoli's healthy. We know the candy bar isn't. But why? It's because uh, of a complex a series of events that takes place within the body when you eat both things. The sugar from the candy bar sets you up for um, high blood sugar, inflammation, and more. And the broccoli, on the other hand, sets you up for optimal health. Due to the phytochemicals in it, the fiber, and it actually helps reverse fat cell inflammation. So when you eat specific foods, which I've created a three-week plan that actually does do this with every meal, it actually these foods actually help reverse the inflammation within the fat cell, so that the fat cell begins to then release stored fat the way it's supposed to, shrinking that cell, and uh, so. Uh, as I mentioned, a healthy cell is about the size of a period on the end of a sentence, right? An unhealthy fat cell is bloated with sugar, with fat, with arachidonic acid from eating too many, uh, too much omega-6 fats. And um, it, the fat cells get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what we don't want.
1: We want to shrink them. Mm. And that's what. A lot of the nation is struggling with, right?
0: Right, exactly, right. And so, what you want to do is you want to. We are all a product of our environment, and those that are listening to this uh, this interview right now are creating an environment of health. Okay, so that is what I advise people to do. I recommend that people uh, create an environment of health. Surround yourself with healthy. Everything you can get your hands on from credible sources that will promote optimal health and weight loss in your life the right way. You want to reduce low-level inflammation within the body to promote um, weight loss that will happen for your lifetime, not just for 21 days, but for your lifetime.
1: Now, do you, do you focus with clients? Because this is one thing that I tell my patients. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, let's let's not even really worry about the weight or the weight loss. Let's let's look at repairing your metabolism and, and biochemistry first. Take care of that, and then the weight in and of itself will take care of that. Is that something that you you look at and, and says is is the correct thing?
0: I do, and in fact, um, it they go hand in hand. So when I um, create an analysis for somebody, it is always with the intention of creating optimal health by reversing low-level inflammation within the body. So they really are just, uh, like, I hate to use this, bread and butter. (laughs) You know, one doesn't go without the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So now we're going to jump into your favorite things. We want to know what… Dr. Laurie's favorite things are (laughs) so. The first thing is, what Mm -hmm. is your favorite food for health?
0: My favorite food for health. Well, it's it's actually new uh, for me. It's cauliflower crust pizza. Ooh, that is so delicious. That you, I mean, it's super easy to make. It is so good for you, and um, I have had non-believers try it and. Fall in love with it. That's how good it is. Is
1: that the one you you kind of uh you, you what do you do you you shred the the cauliflower the, and then, right. and then you make like a little you make a um what do you call that the the pizza crust with that yes yeah, exactly so I've seen that you
0: there's a couple ways you can do it but essentially you you sh- you can put it in um, a food processor mm-hmm. or you can shred it like you with a handheld shredder mm-hmm. you can uh, chop it up you can um, you know steam it chop it up and then you add egg and you add cheese and you then pat it out into a crust warm bake it till it's crispy then you bring it back add your any topping you want and however you want it put it back in the oven until the cheese melts that you've put on there etc until it's warmed and bubbly and you're good to go so that's my favorite healthy thing.
1: Love it. Do you have a favorite like supplement or a vitamin that, that you like to use with, with clients or, or yourself?
0: Yes, I do. In fact, I take everything I recommend to my clients. And the, the number one, I'm asked if I had to pick just one, uh, it's very hard to do. Okay. But um, I would say one would be fish oil. A very good quality fish oil because it saturates the cells within the body, the fat cells as well, so that um, much like taking a washcloth, holding it under a faucet, and saturating that cloth with water, the same thing happens when you take that direct therapeutic dose of fish oil on the fat cell. It releases that stored fat and creates optimal health as well.
1: Love fish oil. I know it. Next one. What is your favorite exercise or fitness regimen?
0: I use, what I like to do is, um, it's called high intensity interval training or HIT for short. And I do body weight exercises. So, um, those are my favorite. I, so it involves pretty much about 15, 20 minutes of jumping up and down like a silly one. Um, it's doing pull-ups, it's doing push-ups, it's doing squats and um, you know mountain climbers and things like that, doing them all within a certain amount of time, resting and then and then doing more. So you can do as many sets as you want, as many as you want repetitions as you want. You can actually create your own. And I love it because, and for my clients too, because you start to feel the effects right away. If you've not done this, um, I suggest going, starting slowly. And you you always start with where you are. You don't have to do anything drastic, but do what you can. Um, And it's amazing to see their blood markers come back just so vastly improved after they start doing high-intensity interval training. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, and it's fun.
0: Yeah, it is fun. It's hard, but it's fun.
1: It's hard, yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you're doing
0: it right, it's hard.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite like morning routine or daily ritual?
0: I love to have coffee while I'm watching the news with my dog right next to me. I have a big white golden doodle. She's a she's a very shaggy dog with black eyes and a black nose. And she loves to just sit right next to me while I'm having my coffee in the morning. So that's how I start my day.
1: Perfect. What's your favorite health book? And it can be yours as well.
0: I love my book. And I don't mean to be braggadocious about it. But what I love about it for those that want to lose weight is that Creates weight loss while creating optimal health, and it's a book to last a lifetime, and the health effects last a lifetime.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very easy to read, very, very to the point. Thank you. And and and, and, and like you said, lasting a lifetime, it's very evergreen as well because it's not, it's not a, a, a fad ridden. You know, right? There's I've seen so many of these these diet books out there, and and they're all based upon fads you know, but yeah, Dr. Lori's book is based upon science.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. Thank you for that.
1: And then last one, what is your number one health tip?
0: Well, there are many, as you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) your favorite one,
0: my favorite one that will make the most dramatic effect in somebody's life is to avoid sugar. Do not Minimize it. Do not use it in moderation, but to avoid it. And that is because sugar causes glycation or a caramelization of bodily tissue, which means that it's not only causing wrinkles and sagging skin, it's affecting, as I mentioned earlier, the health of your liver. It's caramelizing. If you'd like, you see those, uh, the caramelized potatoes on the stove the crunchy, crispy potatoes. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what's going on inside the body. When sugar and proteins come together, they create this caramelization effect and it changes the structure of the tissue within the body. And that means your organs, that means your skin, every tissue in the body. And it has a greater effect on some areas than it does others, but always um, the liver is affected and the fat cells are as well. So, when you stop ingesting sugar, which is the number one inflammatory food, if you can call it that, uh, you will see marked results, Just not just in weight, but in your, your overall health and your energy. It's amazing.
1: Stay away from sugar. Yes. Uh, it's funny because <laughs> the, what was it? Mary Poppins, right? She said a right. spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I'm like, you that know how many so people true. actually like really took that to heart? And he says, well, you know, I'm helping my medicine go down. And and, and I got this from one patient. She was being a smart aleck. And she, <laughs> she goes, she goes, well, dog, you said <clears throat> let your food be your medicine. So I'm taking my sugar <laughs> with my food.
0: That is really funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
1: Good so, one, Dr. Mike. Let's stay away from the sugar, guys. Yes. So Dr. Laurie, thank you so much for spending this time with us on our, oh. on our interview today. Um, well, thank is, you. Yeah. Is there any last words you'd like to leave our audience with?
0: Yes. I would like people to know that uh, you do have choice in life and that you are worthy of optimal health and to be as lean as you want to be. You absolutely are. So value, value yourself and make different choices. You
1: can do it. Perfect. Perfect. Where can people find you?
0: They can find me on my website at DrLaurieSchemek, S-H-E-M-E-K.com. Dr. com. And my book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.
1: Yes. In the show notes, we'll have a link to get the book because you guys got to get the book. I really like the book. Thank you. So thank you so much for spending this time with us. And, uh we want to wish you well and everything and looking forward to more. What, what what do you have in the works?
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Mike. It was really an honor and a pleasure
1: to be here. Thank you, Dr. Lori, for that amazing episode. Hope you guys got some great information from that. You know, you guys heard a lot of the things that cause addictions to food and some of the tips that you can do to get away from those addictions, as we all know, food can be very, very addictive. And these these are a lot of the things that are underlying that pe- people don't really think about of what's really affecting their health, what's really affecting their weight. So thank you again, Dr. Lori, for all that amazing information. Head on over to the show notes for this episode and there you can find the link to buy her book, Fat Flammation. You gotta read it. There's so many great pieces of, information in there that you can use to improve your life, improve your health. Now, if you guys are getting great value from this, please go over into iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us. It really helps this podcast to get noticed. And with that, our our mission is to get this information out to the world because a lot of people are are being... I guess, overfed with the wrong information and they're making the wrong choices. And this is the one thing that I see in practice every day is people are coming in and they're saying to me, well, I've been trying all of these different things, but nothing seems to help. And I'm not saying that a lot of the information out there is wrong. It's just that the wrong or the right information is used at the wrong time. So the whole goal of this podcast is to give you that information. And then there are some things that we're gonna be doing like uh, some upcoming special things that will help you to put the pieces of the puzzle together. So stay tuned more for that. For more information, head on over to our website at www.whatupdocuniversity.com. Make sure you like, subscribe to our podcast, share this with your friends and family, and don't forget to leave us a review. We love all those reviews. And for those of you who have left us all those five-star reviews, thank you so much. But till the next podcast, be well and aloha.